doubt. Uh, I've been given the title of Wonder in our Worship. So, am I going on along the right lines this way? Boom, boom, shh. Went down like a lead balloon. Um, but it would be great to have Stevie Wonder in our worship. Now, that's what Karen looks like in the morning, is it? Okay. Um, now, no pictures. No pictures, yeah. Now, it might surprise you to know that um, being an 80s child, I grew up as a bit of a WWF fan. So there, is there anyone else who wants to admit to that right here? Yes, thank you. Thank you. And uh, do you know, I loved wrestling. These guys were like bigger than life, bigger than life personalities, absolutely fascinated by it. And when I was uh, 17, I had the opportunity to go and see WWF live in Birmingham at the National Indoor Arena. And uh, the, big, the big match that night was The Rock versus Triple H in a steel cage match. And uh, the thing with wrestling... It's all about the entrances. If anyone's ever seen it, sorry if I'm boring you with this, but people just come in uh, to their own music. It's adrenaline-fueled. It's larger than life. It's crazy. And uh, I just remember being there in this atmosphere, and it kind of kicks off with the first match. The music hits, and I could just feel the goosebumps going up and down my body. Anyone ever been in anything where they felt like that? And it was like, I was there, you know, with my heroes, seeing them live in the flesh. And a couple of matches in, that kind of feeling, that kind of wonder, if you like, sort of wore off and uh, went away. And then I kind of just thought to myself, this isn't all it's cracked up to be, really, is it? And uh, it's like, and it just looked a bit slower than it did on TV and a bit more fake than it did on TV. So the wonder for me wore off. And, you know, so often that can happen with different things, can it? But my experience with God has been, actually, the more I've gotten to know him, the more I've experienced God, that sense of wonder, that sense of awe, of expectancy, of excitement, has been something that's increased within me. You know, whether it's we come to his word and see those pictures of what he's like, or we see Jesus' life, and you just think, wow, this guy is intriguing, this guy's amazing. Whether it's we go to those uh, descriptions of God in places like Isaiah 6, where Isaiah comes face to face with God, he worships in a temple, all of a sudden he's caught up in the Holy of Holies. He sees God and he says, woe to me, for I am ruined, for my eyes have seen the King. He sees God and he... It was life-changing. He, he just became aware of his own sin, his own, <clears throat> you know, his own fault showing. He was just awestruck by an amazing God. Or if we read Revelation 4 and 5, see that vision of Jesus and then the throne room, we can't help but be struck. The more we see of God, the more I think that wonder grows. And particularly as we encounter him as well. You know, Jesus, he's bigger than any box we ever tried to put him in. Have you ever experienced that? He blows our mind. This, is, this was a prayer to open something one time. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternal.
eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Awesome. Just to think that was the opening prayer at something. I think it was before introducing someone or a speaker, something to live up to as you uh, pray for the speaker side. But just incredible. And do you get the picture? You know, we can't fully grasp him, can we? You know, we, we love, don't we, to get our heads uh, around stuff. But do you know, with Jesus, he's beyond that, isn't he? He's bigger than any box we stick in him. And in worship, in our worship, do you know, it's about giving ourselves to someone who we can't fully describe, who we can't fully explain, measure, predict, or quantify. Do you know, I think one of the main objections to people coming to faith isn't a lack of evidence for God, but actually is is not wanting to submit to a much more powerful being. That's an objective. People don't want to completely give it all to him because that's what he requires of us, is that we submit to him. And like I say, we like, particularly in our, 
information-rich society. We like to get our head around things. We love to understand things. Another confession of mine is uh, that as a child, I was a massive Transformers fan. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, it, it's great now that uh, film technology has come to the point where my childhood hero, Optimus Prime, can be animated on the big screen. And I love just to be able to escape kind of into a film and just see this 30-foot robot interact with people. You know, look as though it's real. Even experience it on 3D as with the last film. And there's an element of awe and wonder in that. But, do you know, I've only got to go on Google to discover how they animated him with CGI. And the wonder, it kind of wears off a bit. But, you know, it's not like that with the Lord, is it? We can't fully get our head around him. We can't fully get our head around how he created the universe, how he raised Jesus, how God raised Jesus from the dead. You know, we can't get our head around all of his ways. He's beyond our comprehension. You know, Isaiah, God says this in the book of Isaiah, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We're never going to fully grasp God's thoughts and his ways. Do you know when Moses was called by God, He wanted to know God's name. He wanted to know who was sending him. He wanted that information. That's a reasonable request if you're going to ask something of Pharaoh like letting all his slaves go. And, uh, you know, God gives him, doesn't just give him a name, but he gives him a person. God says to him, I am who I am. He reveals his divine name, Yahweh. I am who I was, I am who I am, and I am who I will be. I'll always be that. And he says, say that I am has sent you. Do you know, we want information. We want to know how stuff works. But with God, we get a relationship. He goes with us. You know, faith, our faith, is not a formula. It's not something that if we do certain things and live a certain way, God will respond in a certain way and, you know, fulfill X, Y, and Z for us. No, it's a relationship. It's about Trust. We're called to trust God, even though we don't know everything. But in that trust, you know, God says to put our hand in his hand and he will lead. And in that trust, in that relationship, though we don't know everything, we don't know how everything's going to fill out, we can't reduce God to formulas, we can be assured that in all things, God will work for our good. Because he says that. And no matter what happens, even though we don't understand everything, we know that God is with us and that he is for us. And whatever we face, much like Moses, his presence goes with us. We don't have just a load of information about God. We have a relationship with God. We have his presence. We have the presence of the creator of the universe. Do you know, part of our, I think part of our wonder in worship is the awe factor, isn't it? Now, I don't know if you're like me, but when you experience something large... You just can't help but be blown away. And there's that kind of uh, feeling of like awe and almost fear as well. You know, it's kind of, it's overwhelming at times. Has anyone experienced that? Maybe if you've seen one of the seven wonders of the world, like seeing the uh, Christ Redeemer statue in Brazil set in, you know, the beautiful city of Rio de Janeiro on the mountains. And you look at it and it's just, it's just amazing. There's just an awe factor 
about it, isn't there? And I can kind of get my head around how they built the statue bit. But then I look um, at the scenery of Rio, the formations of the mountains, and just wonder how the Lord does that. And there's just this amazement and awe about it. It's the same as well. I, I think Brazil is such a, an amazing country for natural beauty. There's Fosiagua Sioux, like some of the largest waterfalls in the world. And you walk along these waterfalls for about a mile and a half and you come to the climax. You see all these stunning waterfalls on the way and you come to the climax of this sort of huge basin with all this water just pouring in incredibly powerful and you can just see from all the spray these rainbows that are almost completely round as the light is refracted into them and it's absolutely stunning and there's just something about that that points towards God and I think it's one thing I think it's one thing isn't it to see a photo of something like that I think it's one thing to see it on TV but it's quite another thing when we see it for ourselves when we're there in the flesh isn't isn't it Do you know, awe and wonder comes from an encounter. It's one thing to read about God. His word does come alive at times, don't get me wrong. Do you know, it's it's one thing to hear other people's stories and how great they are in terms of lifting our faith as people share about their encounters of God. But it's another thing to experience the living God, isn't it? And so often in times of worship, we can be awestruck. We could be blown away by the enormity and the holiness of God, much like Isaiah was as he came, as he was worshipping, and all of a sudden he finds himself in God's presence, and he just has this revelation of the enormity, the holiness of God, and how in comparison he is so insignificant. God is an amazing God. And in worship... We shouldn't forget, we shouldn't take worship lightly. Do you know in worship, we're invited to have an encounter with God himself. And there will be those times as we set our hearts upon seeking God and pressing into his presence, that we will be blown away by him. It's not a formula, we don't twist his arm, but at times, sovereignly, he will just reveal himself. Do you know, Neil, who came and spoke last way, he says this in his book. You see, what I found is, although I will never be able to unpack and explain all the mystery of God, I can put myself purposely in a place to where I can experience them, embrace them, and allow him uh, to capture my heart through them. The thing is, worship is a choice. You know, an, an encounter with God, it's open for us, but we have to consciously put ourselves in that place where we we choose to worship we choose to press in to the presence of God we seek after him and even though there's mystery in there even though there's things that are unexplained yeah he just manages to capture our heart and to blow us away doesn't he you know God deserves our affections he deserves our worship And God can blow us away in worship. We can encounter God in worship, whether it's in corporate worship like this, whether it's in the big conference setting, things like Soul Survivor, Momentum, New Wine, but also as well. Do you know, some of the most powerful times I've had of experiencing God in worship have been in small settings, maybe just worshipping with a few people in the room, or even by myself, have just been blown away by God as I've just sat about in my quiet time just pressing in worshipping God all of a sudden can just be overwhelmed by his presence and just given a revelation 
of what he's like. Do you know, that can happen at any time we choose to set the affections of our heart upon God. It can happen in our cars whilst we're driving, that we can just experience his presence, that we can just know he's there, that we can just be blown away by him. Do you know, worship, it's, it's transformative, isn't it? It has a way of transforming us, much like with Isaiah. He came to that realisation of his sins, of his shortcomings. And as we encounter God's presence in worship as well, not only does it change us as people, but it brings about greater freedom as well. The Spirit is the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so often as we worship Him, it just, it just gives us access into His presence. We can worship anywhere, anytime. Paul and Silas chose to worship when captive, when in prison. God showed up. The, you know, the bars were opened. The jailer came to faith. Incredible. Do you know, whilst God is enormous and awe-inspiring, he's not a distant and a remote God as well. But he is a God who is involved in our lives. He is a God who deeply cares about us. He is a God who intervenes in our life. Do you know, I love the Psalms. And the Psalms, there's so much in there, isn't there? But it picks up quite a bit on, on, on the... The enormity of God and and this theme of the creation of God. And in Psalm 19 it talks about how creation uh, displays the glory of the Lord, doesn't it? How the heavens, you know, just pour out splendor. It just points towards God. And there's this theme of creation throughout the Psalms. And this theme as well alongside that of God's faithfulness. Psalm 21, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Do you know, it's an amazing mystery, isn't it? Huge God, creator of the heavens and earth, creator of the mighty mountains. Yet when we look to him, he's our helper, he's our sustainer, he's our everything. I love the words of this one song written a few years ago on the Holy Album of Vineyard One, saying, your voice is the voice that commanded the universe to be. Your voice is the voice that is speaking these words of love to me. How can it be? An amazingly powerful God, glorious, awe-inspiring, yet he cares about us. He cares about what's going on in our lives now. He's not distant, he's not remote, and he's more than happy to release his presence. He's more than happy to, to reassure us. He wants us to encounter him. It's a real wonder that we can meet with the living God. And quite often in our corporate times of worship or alone, we can experience the manifest presence of God. Yes, God is always present, but there are those times where he's especially present to bless us, isn't he? To draw near, where his kingdom breaks in. Let's not lose the awe, the wonder of our worship. Do you know there's wonder in relationship as well, isn't there? Many of you know I'm a father to a little girl who's almost free. Do you know? And in the context of that relationship, I never cease to be blown away. You never know what she's going to come out with next. You know, maybe many of you are like this, or maybe you can find parallels with other relationships. But with Joanna, you know, just hearing her say things for the first time, come out with hysterical stuff. Do you know? I'm just, just awe inspired at times, you know, just blown away, even when. 
she wakes up in the middle of the night and uh, you bring her into bed and it's the last thing you want. But she just, even there, just sort of does stuff which, you know, you, you couldn't be mad at her for. She's so funny. And uh, it's, it's like that, you know, with Jesus as well. You know, in our relationship, he, he just continues to ca- recapture our heart time and time again. We never cease to, to be bored with him. Like in that video, there's always more, isn't there? You just can't get your head around him, the fullness of him. Do you know, I'm reading. This is a great picture of worship, I think, as Jesus came down from the mountain of transfiguration, or where the transfiguration happened. And it says, as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Does Jesus have that effect on us? Do we know him in that way? Do you know, I think the more we, we consciously press in, the more we pursue him, more and more that we will be drawn to him in that way, that we would want to run with him, that we would see any opportunity to worship as an opportunity to run into the arms of Jesus, an opportunity to encounter him. Do you know, we're hot on the presence of God in this church. We're hot on meeting with Jesus because we want to love him more. We want to glorify him more because he's worth it. To quote a uh, shampoo advert. Sorry. Do you know, I want to just finish off tonight by uh, just encouraging us to really go for it in our worship. Do you know, our worship, it's more than having a good old sing, sing song, isn't it? and singing along it's more than as it happens in some church cultures but I don't quite get this singing to each other to kind of encourage us and rally us which is a great thing in itself do you know when we come to worship God in a corporate setting like this it's an opportunity to encounter the living God afresh it's an opportunity to be caught in wonder to be caught in amazement to have a glimpse of the king for us to be transformed for us to be set free. Do you know, we become like that which we worship. And the more we choose to worship Jesus, the more we turn the affections of our hearts to him, the more we're going to become like him, the greater freedom we're going to find in our own lives, the greater joy we're going to find in our own lives. I'm going to leave it there. Why don't we pray?